Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey there, Facebook family. It is Christy Saul, the co-founder of the Post Institute. Good gracious. I just threw my hair up in a ponytail. Now that it's long enough, <laughs> I may never fix my hair again. Uh, it's Christy Saul, the co-founder of the Post Institute, coming at you live for tonight's episode of Post Daily Dose. Uh, I happen to be out here um, visiting my parents, my parental units, and they live out in the country. And so just take a gander of that. Isn't it just beautiful? And it's so quiet. Hey, Ashley, how's it going? Just so peaceful and so quiet out here. You know, you can just sit back and you can hear the birds. The nighttime, you can hear the crickets and you hear the tree frogs and you can see like all the stars. It's so beautiful. Oh, uh, thank you, Ashley. I got to be honest with you. I mean, I mean, it's just you and I and 21 other people. <laughs> now that it's grown out, um, I'm actually thinking I'm just going to let this gray do what it does. I've kind of thought even about doing gray all over, but I don't know if I'm that bold. So anybody who's good with hair, I'll be glad to hear your, <laughs> I'd be glad to hear your feedback. <laughs> oh goodness. So I wanted to hop on and do a little daily dose tonight. As I mentioned uh, yesterday, Brian is taking some, some him time, some me time for himself, which is awesome. I'm glad that he's able to do that. Um, there was a comment uh, from yesterday. So I want to use that for today's post daily dose. It was actually a story a little bit of um, lots of transitions going on in the family. And I believe the, um, the child that was struggling is six years old. And um, there's some separation anxiety that's going on around bedtime. And oh, thanks, Ash. Woohoo! I got my first 50 stars. I feel like a queen now. <laughs> that is so fun. <laughs> that is hilarious. I love it. Now I know why Brian gets so excited. <laughs> so um, the family wrote in and said, um, explained that they've got a little one who's having some, some significant um, separation anxiety. Um, the family's in the process of moving. And the 13-year-old um, in the family scared the little one, thinking it would be funny. Um, you know, those attempts to be funny. And gosh, I remember some of those, many of those occurrences where an older child um, who's used to more mature sorts of ways of interacting, you know, maybe, you know, even, you know how, you know, kids, you know how they do. You know, they kind of pick on each other a little bit in a way that's... Um, amongst like age people or like emotional development people who are in the same arena in their emotional development they take it with a grain of salt they prank each other back and forth or they do things and it's funny but when uh the 13 year old scared the six-year-old while she was in the shower it wasn't very funny and I remember things like that happening in my family too older kids doing things that they thought were going to be funny it turned out to be not so funny. It turned out with tears. And in this situation, the little one is struggling, continuing to struggle. And so um, a few thoughts about that. Um, there was one comment be below that where they had recommended, uh, I think it was like the pillow, the pillow pets. Do you remember the pillow pals that you has the light on it and shows the stars and stuff on the ceiling? And those are, those are really nice and really cool and can be really comforting to kids. 
Um, those weighted, there's weighted stuffed animals that can be a really good comforter too. Weighted vests, weighted blankets, all of those things are great comforts. Um, considering the amount of transition and considering that in this family, the kids um, are adopted, um, I always, you know, you always have to meet the emotional age that's being presented. Hey, Millie, it's good to see you. We always have to parent the emotional age that's presented in front of us. And so I know sometimes as parents, we start getting anxious for our kids to um, get to different levels of maturity. Um, and I know sometimes I find it very interesting actually where the milestone is coming, right? They're right up on the edge. It's coming, it's coming. Uh, and around the same time that the milestone, the developmental milestone is coming, we are also at the place where we're really ready for it. Like, you know, like just as the baby is getting to the place of being able to walk physically is about the time we get tired of carrying them, about the time that they're ready for potty training. We've had our fill of diaper changing. And so I just find it interesting how there can be a lot of harmony in that. But sometimes when there's been trauma present, the harmony for these developmental milestones really gets thrown off. Um, and then there can be stressors, there can be upsets, like you can have achieved a milestone. And then just as soon as you feel like we've conquered potty training or we've conquered sleeping independently or whatever, whatever milestone from early life, and then stress will happen and all that sort of gets disrupted. And, and that happens for all kids. That's not just unique to children with um, trauma histories. But one thing I think that is unique for kids with trauma histories is sometimes that when that happens, it, it really does feel like it's super amped up. I use the phrase, it feels like it's on steroids. So a lot of times I, I say kids who come from tough places, kids who are adopted, kids who are in foster care, they in the day-to-day -day of living, they go through the same thing other kids go through. It's just on steroids because that amygdala is so sensitive. And so then also there may be some real dangerous or maladaptive coping mechanisms that served them well that then will resurface when stress gets heightened again. And so, you know, that whole when we stress, we regress. And Brian explains to us that those points of regression are often directly linked to trauma. He uses the term a trauma barrier. So to the family who wrote in um, to yesterday's Daily Dose, keeping all of that in mind, um, what I find to be most helpful is when we meet children at the emotional age that's presented. See, a lot of times we get rest restrained in that ourselves. Like we don't want to bottle feed a 10-year-old, even though we feel that's the emotional age they're at because we get scared that they're going to get stuck there or we get scared that the rest of the world will be like, oh, why are you bottle feeding a 10-year-old when really it's none of their darn business anyway if that's what your baby needs. So I just would encourage this family to, one, what does your baby need? She's regressed. She's stressed. There's a lot going on, a lot of transitions. You guys are moving. That's a really big deal, especially for kids who may have had traumatic moves. Maybe if they've been in foster care and had multiple placements, even though now you're moving as a family, just the move itself can be triggering. So it's really important for us to take to heart that the experiences of trauma that our kids are have are real and they have a real impact and they have a lasting impact. You know, we can have empathy and understanding, say, for a war vet 
who doesn't want to go to the 4th of July celebration, even though he is the biggest patriot and would love to be a part of that. But because of the sounds of the fireworks being a trigger, feeling like you're back in a, a bomb landmine field, we can understand that. We can have empathy for that. We have to expand ourselves to have that same kind of empathy and understanding for our children. So this move itself is a it's a big one. And then to think about how the amygdala got super hijacked because of being scared by the teen while she was taking a shower. You know, she's in there trying to relax and have a shower. And if there's any been any issues around any of that, which often there are for kids, you know, it can really create kind of a, what feels like a setback, but, you know, really, as we're parenting, we sort of create these, I, I call them, they're like connection points. We create these routines and rituals that we find to be comforting for our kids. And those can be places we come back to when stress is really present. So, um, you know, it's okay to bring this baby back to your bedroom and co-sleep if that's what she needs or to put a um to put a pallet in your bedroom floor if that's what she needs for her comfort while you guys are going through this transition to sort of calm that amygdala back down and you know I picture the amygdala back here in the back of our brain like this big it's like a big old badass security guard of life because all of our most primitive life functions our back in the back of our brain, our heart rate, our digestion, our breathing, all of our, um, ooh, can't even think of the word, it left me. You know, the things that we don't think about, the things that happen in our brain, that our brain make happen without us even knowing it. And so our amygdala sits right there being the bodyguard of life, literally, the absolute bodyguard of life. And when that amygdala it's like has a little pilot light on it so for our kids it's always got this pilot light going and something creates a spark to it and whoosh right it's like a flame just takes over their brain and so we have to really be thoughtful and mindful about what their needs are to help calm that back down um, and what I find is when we meet the need it will re it will reduce so the more we're able to meet the emotional need that's being presented the quicker they'll actually be able to get back on track to the being closer to their chronological age so when we just you know sometimes we just get so like well you know i'm not going to treat her like a baby anymore because she's a big girl well Maybe you need to. And the sooner you're able to do that, the sooner they're able to get back into big girl position or big boy position. And so, um, you know, bring her back into your room. Maybe put a pallet on the floor. Maybe bottle feeding would be the thing to do. Maybe you going in bed and, and laying down with her till she falls asleep and then have a monitor or keep the door open. So if she starts to get restless, then you can say from your bedroom or the living room just to use your voice and say, it's okay, baby. I'm here. Mom is still here. I remember going through that phase with Marley where her sleep would be disturbed and just being able to use my voice became a soother and so that was great because I didn't have to always go back in and lay back down with her <laughs> because that's just you know reality is you know we as parents sometimes we're looking for space to just have our own private thoughts and catch a breath and that happens when our kids go to sleep so when there are issues with our children's sleep it really sort of disrupts all of us because we grown-ups need a little time to ourselves too or we need time with our spouses and so um 
maybe those would be some some little things that might be helpful um again um you know melatonin is a great sleep aid uh, but that magnesium glyconate and it comes in gummies it comes in sprays maybe a nighttime back rub you know all those things that we know if they've been soothing and helpful in the past those are things to come back to when the stressors come up and so we i can remember kind of rushing the pace myself sometimes and you'll know it you know you try it for three or four nights and if we're not there then that's kind of your indicator that you may need to back up the process of helping them towards independence a little bit but you know you're going to get there you're going to get there so thanks for being with me today i appreciate you all it's good to see you mimi as always i'll see you guys tomorrow same bat time i'm going to give you all another glimpse of my view just because because it's just so beautiful sitting out here and I just, you know, got to hang out with my parents and chill and it really just kind of helped bring my stress down a little bit to have that quiet. And I just want to remind you guys that um, take, take those positive thoughts, take those positive moments, breathe into those, visualize them, use the power of visual, visualization and really, you know, the details of those sweet moments, focus on those the same way you do the things that have been stressing you out. Because when we do that, we begin to create new building blocks, things that we can build on for the next thing. So remembering the best parts can help us build on the best parts. Much love to you guys. Thanks again.